Hi, friends. This is She Said He Said, an ADHD relationship podcast. I'm your host Anna, and I'm Craig. Welcome, welcome. I'm really excited about this、uh, episode because we are going to talk about something that is quite controversial in society,、um, but I believe is very necessary to be talked about. So I'm the Uh, I don't have ADHD, but I'm in a relationship with Craig, who is diagnosed with ADHD. I remember back in the day when I wanted to get some kind of、um, information about real people, real life experience on this topic. I really didn't have、um, anything to refer to. There, there are not a lot of resources online that is from real people's experience. So I really hope today's podcast. Can help you. Either you have ADHD, or you are like me, who、um, has a loved one who is struggling with ADHD. I hope that this topic can give you some reference and advice and thoughts to think about. Okay, let's just dive in. I don't want to waste any time.、Uh, any time. We're talking about prescription medications for treating ADHD. Whether you should consider use ADHD drugs or not. Hopefully, after today's podcast, I can give you some、um, how to insights, insights, insights to inspire you to think about it. And before we dive in, I have a quick disclaimer:、um, neither me or Craig are doct-、uh, medical doctors, so we're here to share our personal experience.、Uh, if you need professional medical exp-、um, Advice: You must go see a doctor or a psychiatric. How to say it? Psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Sorry, English is not my first language. Yeah, so we're just offering our personal, real life experience to you.、Um, okay, let's dive in. I think I want to do something different today because Craig has the most direct experience with the drug, not me. I'm someone who looking outside of all the changes I see and everything. So today, I in this podcast, I want to structure an interview to ask Craig the whole ADHD medication experience. Okay, let's start.、Uh, so, Craig,、um, before you got diagnosed with ADHD, like you didn't know you have ADHD, what was your impression about ADHD medications? Like maybe it's from TV shows, maybe it's from other people talking about it on magazine, newspapers. I'm sure you heard about ADHD ADHD medications. What was your impression? Well, I've definitely heard of it, and I think a lot of us out there have heard about it.、Um, whatever your news source may be, you know, for me it was a lot of online and people talking about it. But the general impression is that it was like legal speed. Illegal. No legal. A、uh, legal、okay. speed created by the pharmaceuticals,、mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies. I mean, that was the general first impression I got of it, and I think that's a lot of people's first impression of it too. Okay, just in case some people out there listening don't know what is speed,、um, maybe you can give another example.、Um, crystal meth. That's that's the impression you heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty terrible, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely misleading. So, would you say addiction and bad drug is the reputation and stigma? Yep. Of ADHD medication. Yep. Okay. Back to the days when you finally got diagnosed with ADHD when you were forty years old. I yeah, forty. 
when you were 40 years old, diagnosed with ADHD, when was the first time someone or maybe yourself brought up the um, concept of using medication to treat ADHD? And how did you feel about that? Well, you know, one of the tools I was using before meds to um, try to work with ADHD was I had an ADHD coach. And he... Uh, uh, before you talk about that, we want to give a big shout out to your ADHD coach. His name is Andrew Avery. You can find him on Twitter at ADHD Coach Drew. That's his Twitter handle. Um, we have been working with Drew, um, Andrew for a few sessions and including couple therapy. Couple therapy, highly recommend. Okay, continue. Um, anyway, so he was the very first person to ever bring up the idea and the thought of medication to me. And I was very resistant for how, a long time. How did time. he bring that up? You know, I, I think it was just a general question of like, hey, have you ever thought about using meds? It's just simple as that. Okay. And um, he explained how some of them worked and like what he's seen happen to some people and how it's improved some, and I, I was very resistant. Talk, um, talk to us about what would you say your fears and doubts about medication? Well, um, my fear was that it was addictive. And, uh, and you, the, it, was, it was all, my fears were all based on like, <clears throat> not having research and not, um, honestly, critically thinking about it and asking myself the right questions. So that's where all my fear was based off of. It was based off of like what I heard from, you know, in pop culture, what I heard from society. Mm. So very resistant about it. Yeah. And how long did you think you were resistant towards medication after mm. you diagnosed with ADHD? I would say it was about two years. Right. So tell us the, the first time, the day when you finally decided to give medication a try, what changed? Well, I think the one thing that sticks out, some, sticks out in my mind that was like a, like a change of mindset was the question I asked is like, well, what about all the people that are on medication? How are they reacting to it? What is it doing for them? Um, and how did, is it helping them? You did research on those people or? Yeah, well, I did some general research. And honestly, like, I don't think I even needed to do real research to know that there were, it, it's being prescribed. There's a lot of people on meds um, that are doing better. And I remember I read a case study somewhere in part of my research that talked about these people that were um, going in and out of jail, like they were lifelong criminals. Mm. And then they got diagnosed with ADHD. Wow. They got put on meds and their life got set straight. Wow. And it was, it was in particular, like I think the reason they were criminals is because they were bored and they needed a thrill. They needed dopamine and that's, because of whatever also, I'm sure environment, you know, uh, helped with that. The environment that they grew up in it was the ghetto or just a bad family or a poor family or something. Certain parts of that environment led them to crime. But um, I mean, honestly, plenty of people live in that environment and don't go into crime. So 
ADHD, I think they were just searching for dopamine. So would you say the whole um, decision changing is a process for you? Yeah, yeah, it took a while. So for our audience out there, I want to talk about um, what did your loved ones say about your decision? And of course, that question is for <laughs> me. So for me, as a loved one in this relationship with Craig, who has ADHD, of course, I had a fear towards medication. My biggest fear is also addiction. Um, but overall, I was being very supportive because we basically have tried everything you can find online. We have tried ADHD coach, supportive group, um, reminders, apps, uh, alarm system, just basically just everything. They all help, but I don't see a big boost in helping. So I had very high hopes on medication. I, to a point, I I I think I'm very short-sighted on medication because I used to think if he can just take a pill, it will change his life. That was my that was my、uh, feeling towards medication. But of course, that was not accurate. We'll talk about more. Um, in following questions, but I want to introduce you guys. We have a bonus tape at end of the podcast、uh, because even though, even if you decided to take medication, it's very, very, very difficult and challenge to find the right doctor to give you a, a right、um, diagnosis and prescription and find a medication works for you. Just that process is really a big headache. So please make sure to stay to the end of this podcast. We'll share this bonus tip of how do you,、um, you know, get the resource of getting your medication. Okay, so let's move on. Then finally, Craig decided to take his medication. And tell me,、um, tell us, how did you feel when you finally started using meds? I felt different.、Um, you know, like, like I'll be honest. Before this. Anne and I were talking, and、uh, she recalls the very first day that I took meds, and I didn't. But when she told me the story, now I remember,、um, and I remember feeling focus, like really recognizing focus for the very first time. Tell tell us what what does it even mean recognizing focus? Does that mean before using medication, you really didn't understand what is focus? Yeah, I honestly, before I was even diagnosed with ADHD, I thought everybody thought the way I did. I thought everybody jumped around in their head and they could see multiple things at the same time, like multiple thought processes in the same time.、Um, and like I, I just thought that's the way it was. And、uh, you know, I, I think when I say recognized focus is because ADHDers. Can often get tunnel vision on something. They can get、um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like ultra focused. They can、uh, get、uh, hyper focusing. Hyper focus on something, but they may not recognize that that's what focus is. And so, in my daily life, you know, my brain jumps around. That's just the way I am, and I'm okay with it.、Um, but like that day, I just felt. Like focus on the on, and I wasn't hyper focusing on something. I was、It's、just like in a zone, normal focus in a zone in normal <laughs> life. I guess I guess、exciting. that's a normal mental state that people 
like regular people who don't have ADHD have? Do you think neurotypicals can, is what it's called? Right. Do you think you can attempt to explain that kind of focus to your ADHD friends out there who hasn't taken medication? No, no. I, I I think it's I think it's very not describable. It's it's hard to describe and right. like I. I'm sure I could if I gave it some more thought, but. Um... Okay, cool. So, I think this question I forgot to tell you beforehand. I'm just adding in. You don't have to answer if you don't feel appropriate. But I feel a lot of people has this concern of, oh, do you get high on medication? So, did you feel high when you were using it? I think that the very first dosage I got was 15 milligrams. My、um, independent doctor thought I was like. Super ADHD, I guess.、Um, so I, that's what I was taking because I didn't know any better. And in a sense, I felt high because I was I got sweaty and I got jittery. <laughs> that doesn't sound sounds like no. It wasn't comfort feeling. It wasn't comfortable. And like that's that's the honest truth, guys. Like for some of you that maybe have taken ADHD meds in the past and like are not on it or are afraid、um, of it, like you got to find the right dosage. Yeah. Size, which we'll be talking about. Yes,、um, that's super important because the 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 I had fifteen milligrams and it was not comfortable in the same way it is for me today when I take meds. I guess the high I was ans-、uh, asking that I assume some people might be concerned about it. I was talking about euphoric high, and because that people perceive that could be something potentially be very addictive. How personally, how did you? Feel the euphoric feelings, or did you feel it at all? Yeah, the, no. There was always a sense of there was a sense of euphoria, sure, but it's not the type of euphoria. At least for me, it wasn't the type of euphoria that I went and wanted to chase after, because you know that's like that's what addictive drugs do, right? Like they give you a sense of euphoria that you're like, oh, I need to get back there. I need to stay there. That's not how I felt, even in the focus.、Um, I guess maybe I also separated the things. Enough to understand, like, okay, I like the focus,、uh, but I need to find the right time to have this focus. Right? Does that make sense? So you were being very、um, adult about and it, responsible, responsible about, about, about it. it. Yeah. So after the first time of using medication,、uh, how often do you take it now? And have you been developing any addiction towards medication? Okay. So now,、um, after some experimentation, like I, I told you, it started at fifteen. Then it went to ten,、um, then it was at about seven and a half, and now I'm at five. <laughs> You're like so, lower your dosage. Yeah,、lower. yeah. I, you know, I, I think the one thing that I realized about the fifteen is like if you cut them in half, it's seven and a half, and then like I, I kind of played around with it until I found my own right dosage,、mm. um, which is five, and I take it one time a day.、Uh, Usually about five days a week, sometimes less.、Um, I usually don't take it on the weekends. Sometimes I do,、um, and I tend to take it early in the morning when I first get up. It helps me like start to function and get focused and get moving,、uh, and it helps out the very first part of the day, just like rolling. Because I notoriously I'm an ADHDer where it's, and I think it's a common symptom where I'm. It's very difficult for me to like get. Moving in、Got、the morning. Fun- it takes like two hours, an hour laying in bed after my alarm goes off, and then an hour 
uh, of just kind of like sitting around, <laughs> like not really. Would you like say I that's do some like, small tasks, like I wash the dishes or something, but. Would you say it's a brain fog? Yeah, it's brain definitely fog very foggy、mm -hmm. for a while. So another fo follow-up question, maybe maybe you already answered this: is have you developed any addiction? No, no, I、okay. wouldn't say I developed addiction. I I see、um, I see it as a tool, and I have other tools too that I. Work with, but I I definitely see the meds as a tool. Um. But do you think this drug might be addictive to some people? And do you think the stigma is true? It's hard for me to answer the question if it's addictive to some people、mm. because I think it's a person to person case. Um. I one reason I was afraid of it is because I know I have an addictive personality. Like I'm super addicted to caffeine. Um, so I like upper, the upper feeling of that caffeine gives me, and you know.、Um, so like I was I was afraid that that's where I'd be with this、mm -hmm. medication, but that's not your person. That's yeah, not, not your how, case. It's not how I am.、Mm -hmm. Like, so and that that the fifteen milligrams. Like I think. Strangely, the fifteen milligrams actually lives up to us. Lives up to the stigma. Oh, so on some levels, looking looks like finding the right dosage is also it's key. It's super important. Right. It's super important, guys. Like, because like the difference between fifteen milligrams and five, the way I feel is so dramatic. Because fifteen, I physically jittery got jittery. I got. Sweaty, my palms were sweaty, but the the difference in focus in my head is not very different. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Like maybe I was, I didn't like the physical reaction to fifteen milligrams, but the mental reaction was nice.、Mm -hmm. And like five milligrams is not as pronounced mentally as it is on fifteen. More subtle. It's subtle. So. But it's subtle in a good way. Cool. So let's talk about how do you feel on days without medications? Like you previously mentioned, you tend to not take any meds on weekends. Then how do you feel? Not a whole lot different because if you think about it, like I tend to take the meds at about seven a.m. ish, six thirty to seven thirty, around there,、um, and so only lasts for like five hours. So. I actually spend the majority of my week not on medication.、Um, so, with that said, I think like I feel.、Uh, I mean, I feel rather normal. Like I just my weekends are a little slower because I have a different vibe about them in my head. Although I'm trying to change that today, I plan on being very productive,、um, and it's Saturday.、Um, so, to answer your question, like. It's 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 the same Craig I've lived with for my entire life. <laughs> like like I, I I'm just me. I don't know how to. I don't really know how to verbalize well, that. I I want to insert some、uh, insights for people who don't have ADHD like me, but you're in relationship with them.、Uh, the difference I see is he has less resistance to do things. An easy example is still paying bills. You know, paying bills is a very, very difficult thing to do for ADHD. Not because they don't want to do them. It's a. It's about you have to 
be fighting off a lot of resistance in order to click a button on computer. Trust me, is that hard? I'm not even ex exaggerating. But I notice when he's on meds, uh, it's easier for him to pay bills or even call IRS. Guys, that's like the most <laughs> scary thing, even for people like me. But he's able to, to do those things. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so let's talk about, you have been using medications for about two years, right? Mm -hmm. What changes in life have you seen after taking medication in this past two years? Well, one thing I discovered with meds that, and somebody told me that um, in one of the, the ADHD groups that we were in, like the one in Reseda, they said that they only take meds when they have like a big project or a big responsibility to do. Something that um, they have a hard time either focusing in on or just doing, period. Like they have resistance to it, like paying bills. I know it's strange for those that with not with that don't have ADHD that maybe are just discovering what it is, what it means, but like paying bills is really there's a lot of resistance. Even if you have the money and it's simply two clicks away, there's a lot of resistance to doing something like that. And it's it's a notorious trait with ADHDers. I really don't understand that resistance yet, but I know it's part of it. So one thing um, I do, like I take ADHD pills when I have to pay bills, when I know or I need to make a phone call to the IRS, to DMV, to, you know, insurance companies, to whatever, those, those things that a lot of people dread, but ADHDers have a much more difficult time doing it. Yeah, I want to insert a comment here is that interestingly enough, when he's in his best environment and element, he doesn't want to take uh, medications and might slow him down, such as, you know, uh, Craig is a filmmaker, he's a director. If he is on set directing a movie, a TV show, he, you mentioned it before, you don't want to take meds on those days. Why yeah. is that? Because I, I just get hyper-focused. Right. Like it's the only thing that matters to me. It's something I'm super passionate about. It's also like, I you know, here's it. Because we're in quarantine, there haven't been these type of networking events in a while, but I notoriously through most of my life, since I'm a community type of person, like I threw networking events. I've always thrown gatherings for people to come network. Um, and I'm better when I throw a networking event than when I go to a networking event. When I go to a networking event, I think I wanna have meds. I wanna be on medication. So it's easier for me to get up, to walk up to somebody and just introduce myself despite I'm a, um, you know, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Wow. Despite I'm, I'm very outgoing. Uh, like when I go to a networking event, I'm, I tend to be a little bit more quiet. Wallflower. Yeah. Like I observe and I watch and I look and occasionally I'll find myself in a conversation with somebody. Um, if they start it with me, but I have a difficult time starting it with them unless they are the biggest dog in the room. Then I, it's not hard for me to walk up to the biggest person in the room, quote unquote, and introduce myself. Um, but to, and it's not because I look down on anybody else in the room. I don't know who anybody is. Um, that's just how I function. So that's, that's an interesting, curious mm. aspect of it. Mm. Would you say your life has been changing to the better after you using medication? I think so. I mean, I still have some, some 
things I'm still trying to, to work through and get through. But um, I think things like paying bills or making those phone calls or taking care of some life responsibilities, things that, uh, that I think a lot of ADHDers either find resistance to or just don't even recognize as part of life. Yeah, when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think my life has been getting better. But I, I also think I, I part, partially attribute that um, not only to meds and to Bujo and to a calendar and to to-do lists and to alarms, all those things that help me function... Um, I also had the right partner, honestly, like, and that's a lot of props to Anna. Um, and so, you know, because this is a relationship based, I think to all of you out there that are listening, um, that maybe have relationship problems because one is neurotypical and the other is not, Mm. um, you got to find that right balance and find out you know, uh, find out who, who strengths are what. And actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to read this quote in an article that I read not too long ago this week. Go ahead. Um, and tell us why you want to share this quote. Because I really related to it and it, it, it goes into, um, it goes into certain aspects that we are talking about right now that I think mm. are important. And it brought up a couple key points. Um, a couple key points that I want to expand Ooh, on. Let's, if you don't, let's if share you don't it. Mind. Let's share it. Okay. Uh, so this is with, I'm going to reference Dr. Hallowell, um, who is referenced in the article. And uh, if you look on our Twitter and stuff, we'll, we'll put out a link to the article. Okay. Um, so what Hallowell hopes his patients understand is that yes, living with ADHD can be hard, but the brain trait can also influence resilient, resourceful, curious, creative, intuitive, innovative, outside the box thinkers who are at the top of their field and represented across all areas of interests. It's a blessing and a curse having this condition. What you want to learn is how to maximize the blessing and minimize the curse, said Hallowell. There are a few key parts to that Hallowell um, believes, including a support system to provide encouragement and affirmation. So uh, to, to like go away from the article for one second, that's Anna. And the, that's you that are quote unquote neurotypical or maybe both of you have ADHD <laughs> and are in a relationship, you need Pump that type of support also around you. You need those type of friends. You need that in your relationships. And so um, something to consider. Okay. Identifying your talents and a job that caters to them. Mm. That's something I'm struggling with. I know my talents, but I don't have the job that caters to me because my job should be filmmaking and it's been a very difficult path for me so far so for everybody yeah it's it's a hard path anyways period um for anybody so um if i can get filmmaking to be my day job i will thrive i know it but finding that day job outside of that has been a difficult thing that i'm still searching for i think i found it 
something that'll help at least. Okay. Um, positive, stable, emotional connections, especially with your partners who complement your ADHD. So that's one thing Anna has, and um, we complement each other. Her strengths are my weaknesses, and my strengths are her weaknesses. And we've found a way to communicate them and work together, would you say? I would say that, but it's a process too. I was oh, not, definitely. we were not good at the beginning. It takes years of practicing on it. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to discover. Um, okay, a creative outlet, even if it's just a hobby. So most ADHD years, if not all, are creative on some level. So pick up that pencil and draw, pick up that typewriter and write Let's that camera. Let's stick to the course. Take photography. Um, ultimately, the more we demystify ADHD, the more we can recognize how it contributes to society. Uh, people with ADHD can take on the world. We, we've just been waiting for everybody else to catch up. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, in, in the very typical ADHD fashion, we have been off course. Now I need to be the one who get ourselves back to the course of interview questions. So next thing I want to talk about the shame, because this is something you were struggling with, maybe still struggling, I don't know, but you had told me you don't want to be someone who can only function and be normal when you're on meds. You had that shame around it. You feel like... It's not okay that people are even, including me, your loved one, look down at you when you didn't take meds. So how do you overcome the shame or do you still have it? I don't really have it anymore. Like I, I always figured, or I began to figure um, in my head that instead of having it work against me, have it work for me. And the only way to get over the type of shame of like, oh, I need medication is to realize like it's just a tool that's going to help me do some things better. And um, when I became OK with that, I also, quote unquote, came out of the closet of it. Like, I don't care if people know that I'm on medication for my ADHD. I don't care if people know that I'm ADHD. But I'm not looking for anybody. I'm not looking for extra help because I have ADHD. Um, but it's it's something that I'm proud of, and I don't. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, and by publishing this podcast, is also you officially out of the closet, right? On, that I'm on meds. Yes. Right. Not a lot of people know that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, to me. Who cares what other people think of you? It's exactly. More, more important of how you think of yourself. Amen to that. So uh, you talk about this briefly, but I want to like get more constructive uh, thoughts on how do you, how do ADHDers, they how should they adjust their dosage? What advice you can give people to find the right dosage? Well. From my personal experience, the, the big difference between 15 and 5 milligrams and the way it reacted to me is like, or the way I reacted to it, is that it was very, um, it's subtle, but it's there. Um, where 15 milligrams was overpronounced. So I think that it was overpronounced for me. It may not be overpronounced for you. Um, it depends on 
it depends on each and every person, but like I, you know, I don't know if 15 milligrams gives the jittery feeling to everybody. I don't know if it makes them sweat. And also the 15 milligram you're referring to the medication you use personally, which is Adderall. But there are so many different medications out there. Um, Some are more expensive than others, so it all depends on your insurance. And maybe I can offer. I, I can offer a tip here is I would suggest you talk to your doctor first Always. and use the prescription dosage that your doctor gave you, but adjust from there. Either add more or reduce to less. And you have to be honest with yourself. We're not chasing the high feelings here. We're trying to get our life together to be a better person in treating our ADHD. Because at first when I was on 15, I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I like the mental like stimulation, stimulation but it, I started to get super sweaty all the time. And I was I started to recognize that like, I was always jittery and I was like, oh, this is too much. So what if I cut it in half and made seven and a half? You know, we so we went out and got a, a pill cutter and I cut it in half and I tried seven and a half. It was still a little too much. And then I just kept on experimenting. Cool. Um, so we just have a few questions left. Um, let's talk about the pros and cons of a medication. And do you think is a cure-all magic pill can cure ADHD? Um, I don't think it's a cure. I think it's a tool. Okay. Let's talk about pros and cons. Um, pros first. Pros is that it can help you focus. Uh, it can be used as that tool that helps break down that wall of resistance that some people have mm. um i'm i don't know how consistent that is of a symptom in ADHDers, but that wall of resistance that some people have to do doing things um and then you know it also uh another pro is like it helps create some dopamine that we naturally lack yeah so um meaning it would be easier to do things and you have this natural drive to do things and finish tasks. Mm-hmm. What about cons? Um, cons are that it can take away the natural state of an adhd So there are times when ADHD, I think, is a strength. Mm-hmm. And so there are times when you just need your ADHD brain to do something um, or enjoy something to on a on a different level that someone that's neurotypical doesn't really understand um, but I think if you look inside yourself as an ADHD you will you can identify that part um, you know and then with that said I'm not saying that there's anything wrong if you recognize in yourself that you need to be on ADHD medication 24-7. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But you really... I mean, ADHDers are very intuitive and they're deep thinkers. So if you can take the moment to look inside of yourself and answer the questions of what do I need from ADHD medication? Why am I using it? And how should I use it? I think you'll have your own personal answers and there's no shame in how often you need it or how less you need it 
I want to insert a con here really quick. That is health related, which I have been observing as you know outsider, which is um, will cause uh, me medication can cause a lot of dehydration. And Craig is not doing a good job. Stay hydrated. So if you are on medication, please make sure you drink actual fluids, actual water. Stay hydrated. And medication can also cause you not feeling hungry. That's not in our case. You still feel hungry, right? Mm -hmm. But we, we heard from our doctor, a lot of patients will feel not hungry. So I would definitely recommend you, if you're on meds, make sure you still take very nutritious meals every day to keep health, healthy, keep a healthy body. And of course, you know, eat healthy and like uh, uh, exercise. Those are things that are also important because uh, if you didn't know this, if you want to take medication, you have to maintain your blood pressure in a very healthy scale. If you have high blood pressure, you're not allowed uh, to take medication. So in order to keep your blood pressure healthy, you need to do all those things. That's the con I have been observing. Good point. Okay, so uh, we're moving on to the last question. Of today's interview, I want to Craig to talk about what you want to say to other ADHD friends who are debating if they should take the drug. I think I'll go back to kind of what I um, mentioned before is like, you need to ask yourself, why do you need it? Why are you taking it? Why are you going to take it? That's a really good tip. How can it help you? And then how do you want to use it? Because, you know, everybody's different. And I know there's a lot of ADHDers out there, or I'm assuming that take it just like me once a, once a day, once every once in a while. Some people take it just before a big project, depending on what their, uh, what their job is. Um, I remember in the ADHD group, the guy was a lawyer, I believe. Yeah. And so he took it before a big case, before he went into court. You know, he took it when he needed to study something. But in daily life, maybe he didn't take it. Um, and then there's some people that need it 24-7. So, and there's nothing wrong with any of those situations, but you need to ask yourself, what is your life like? How is your life going? What do you need to do to improve it? Um, I also think it will help with communication with your neurotypical partner, and they will be more satisfied with the way you go about things than they may be now. So those are all very personal questions and thoughts that you need to ask yourself. And your loved one and your doctor. Yes, right? yes. Okay, I guess that's all the interview questions for Craig, but we mentioned that we have a bonus tip I wanna talk about, and that's mainly from me, which is, guys, even if you decided to take medication, it's a hell of a struggle to just get the medication. And I had been through hell to 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 get Craig the right doctor and a prescription I think the the first challenge you are facing is get uh, medically officially diagnosed with ADHD um, because it's a controlled substance mm -hmm. right um, but if you uh, just go to a whatever clinic it could cost you thousands of dollars to do that uh, uh, evaluation and like taking exams, tests here and there is a lot of struggle. Uh, and we live in California. How I did back in the day was I researched the most affordable ways to get medical diagnosed 
uh, ADHD in my state in California. And I was really lucky. We we got a clinic who offer uh, this diagnose with a affordable cost. And because we are not sponsored, so I don't want to mention names just in case uh, I'm not giving the best advice. Because this is a bit medical advice, I don't want. I want to treat this more seriously. Um, but the the rule of thumb is you gotta research the most affordable way to get um, diagnosed. Um, and after diagnose, you need a doctor and you need prescription. Um, and there are many ways to do it. Back then, we did not have a uh, uh, good insurance. So back in the day, we did spend hundreds, yeah. with within a thousand, but hundreds of dollars just to get a prescription every month, uh, every period. Like when we get a refill, we need a new pres- prescription, and that cost us a lot of money. Um, but luckily, um, and then Craig qualified for medical and really helped us a lot when we had medical because his medical uh, cover. ADHD medication, in his case, is Adderall. And he needed to get a psychiatric and talk to a psychiatric and talk, uh, bring his medical diagnosis, get a prescription and get pills. And nowadays, we finally, we get free refill, which is a huge help because if you don't have a free refill, you don't have free prescription, you're looking at 300, even 500 each month just to treat it. And that's... Uh, and we're not super rich, so that's a lot of money for us. And I imagine it would be a lot of money for everybody else as well. For a, for a lot of people, not for rich people, but for a lot of people, that's a lot of money. So definitely do your research. Uh, and I want to specifically talk about doing research for people, please, for people who don't have ADHD in this relationship. You need to step up. The very common mistake I have seen people making who are in my shoes is... Uh, kind of criticizing the ADHD say, see, you can't do this. See, you can't get a doctor. See, you missed your doctor appointment. See, you can't even get a prescription. How easy is this? But you can't do that. So we as the, the, the lover to them, we need to recognize this area is specifically, typically difficult and challenging for ADHD. The, the making phone calls to doctors, like making prescriptions, getting drugs. This is so difficult for them. So this is an area we need to step up. I highly recommend you, you guys, if you don't have ADHD, this is your job. Get it done. And then you bring the result to them to help them. And let's try not to blame them. Let's help them. Okay, that, that's, the, that's the bonus tip I wanted to add. And for today's very special podcast, I want to end this podcast with a special treat, which is a poetry, a poem that Craig wrote about ADHD and about ADD, ADHD medication. So why don't you end this podcast with your poem? Okay, um, so this poem I wrote during the journey, I believe it was before I started taking meds and I, maybe I had my appointment to get my first, uh, my first set of meds, my first prescription for meds. Um, and it's called 15 milligrams of potential. 
the story of my first 41 years. So I'm about to turn 44. I was 41 when I wrote this. Almost three years ago. Okay. <clears throat> it's nine pages, so it's a little long. Just, but I, but it's I, worth it. I, I think um, both of you, neurotypical and ADHD years, will get something from this. Do you know what it's like to hear a lifetime's worth of, you have so much potential? That phrase itself seems harmless enough. After listening to it, project after project, year after year, you begin to feel the inner monologue of the deliverer. You have so much potential. Why can't you just go grab it? So just do it already. But why don't you live up to it? Those words, they poke, they prod, they sting. <clears throat> Sorry. They punch, they bleed. Your heart breaks. It's okay, let it out. <clears throat> I started tearing up. I didn't expect that. <clears throat> your heart breaks, your mind cracks, your spirit deflates. Then you stop all of it. Lace up your boots. Go on a stimulation-driven bender. And work. Work harder, faster, longer, more than anyone possibly can. Your proverbial plate fills ideas, or your proverbial plate fills. Ideas are spilling onto the placemat. So many projects to do, masterminding. So many projects fall apart, causing many to, to say those five stinging words. Some work, but don't finish. But when the start to finish happens, it happens brilliantly. It's big, it's creative, it's unique, it's an experience. Many, too many fail. The next best thing you can do is make your next big mistake. It means you're growing. You must fail to succeed. All of it is very true. Only if you understand why you failed. I failed because I wouldn't, I couldn't, I didn't finish. I failed because I did too many projects. I only flirted with the surface of them. I moved too fast. I got distracted by the next amazing idea full of potential. Along the way, <clears throat> along the way, I also succeeded. Only when I would, I could, I did. Only when I did less, I dug deep, I slowed down, I worked the one idea and fulfilled its potential. <clears throat> wow, I'm crying. I did not expect this. How, why, what, when, where. 
did my rare success come from? I didn't know. <clears throat> it seemed to repeat habitually the process of my many failures more often than my successes. Was it deeply embedded in me? Some kind of fear of success or worse, some kind of buried um, memory that held me back. Too much pot smoking in my teens. A loving home. Not enough stimulation. Maybe I actually lived in hell. And not living up to my potential was punishment. So I searched. I went on my many storied adventures, punk rock houses, hippie commune houses, the underground art scene of San Diego, spiritual metaphysical experiences where dreams and reality collided, theater troops, standing ovation, TV interviews, magazine interviews, film troops, celebrity friends, creative philosophies, both learnt and developed, connected communities, film festivals, multi-city film screenings, selling out theaters, starting movements, inspiring. A $4,000 heroin epic feature film, the good, the bad, the unfinished. Short film, love, friends, all in the name of trying to live up to my potential. None of it the answer, kind of. Hidden in all of those experiences, creativity, and stories. Deep beneath the surface, so here hidden it almost wouldn't, couldn't, isn't real, was the answer. I lived for 41 years before I'd actually, finally, understand. It would hit like a ton of bricks, or... A bad car accident. A totaled Prius. Another reflection of my life. This time, I'd turn to Google. Why can't I put my life together? The search engine practically yelled at me, ADHD. Do you often hear you have so much potential? Does your head often race with too many ideas? Do you often start too many projects? Do you often not finish? A project? Are you a bad driver? Do you often do things to get stimulation? Do you move fast? Do you get distracted easily? Do you work really hard but don't seem to go anywhere? Do you have a divorce? Do you think out of the do you think out of the box? Do you have many thoughts happening at once? Can you multitask like a motherfucker? Are you super creative? Are you charismatic? Are you intuitive? In the words of Daniel Bryan, my favorite WWE wrestler, yes, 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 all of these. The good lead to out of this world success. The bad leads to extreme poverty and broken dreams. So now what? How to, what to, how can, what can, Deep beneath the surface, whoops, sorry. Um, 
shape ADHD into the extreme ambitions, success I desire. Therapy, coaching, support groups, bullet journals, understanding. What is it to me? Desire for stimulation, extreme out of the box stimulation, a small, almost hidden lack of impulse control, large ambition, lots of creative creativity, lack of long-term planning, looking for the next shiny, shiny, racing thoughts, under connection, understanding connection to the universe, understanding connection between many big ideas, charisma, wacky sense of time, deep understanding of love, inability at finances and paperwork, visionary mindset, fearlessness, loveful intuition, lots of passion, lack of sleep, stressless to a point, it hurts me. Lack of stress that it helps me. Inner, hidden, hyperactivity, because on the outside, I'm calm. Dark, angry, understimulated thoughts. Positive, optimistic, inspired ideas. This is my mind, which brings me the namesake. 15 milligrams of potential. A shiny pink pill, a toy, a tool. Unlocking the unknown hidden secret of ADHD. A different kind of teaching. Brain to function in a society not meant for it. This is my newest answer to my 41-year-old question. How do I live up to my potential? That's it? Yeah. It's interesting because I have been heard, I have heard this poem many, many times. When you first wrote it and when, you know, special occasion, you would read it again. And every time I feel deeper connection is for people like me who doesn't have ADHD, you don't you don't get to understand ADHD fully at beginning or in the process. I'm still trying to understand ADHD every single day. So you can only get deeper and deeper understanding about it. Thank you for reading us a beautiful poem, Pour Your Heart Out. Um, so if you have any questions about ADHD in general, you can reach out reach out to us on social media. We would love to hear from you. We would love to find people who are just like us, struggling and also fighting. Um, so you can reach me at, uh, my social media handle is all the same. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Anna Pan Films, which is A-N-N-A-P-A-N-F-I-L-M-S, Anna Pan Films. You can also reach out to Craig. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter. Um, there's even a Facebook page with it. It's at the Derbied one, T-H-E-D-E-R-B-I-E-D-O-N-E, at the Derbied one. We also registered a Twitter account for this podcast specifically. It's called ADD Relationship because for some reason, Twitter doesn't allow me to register ADHD relationship. That's too many words. So I had to shift to ADD relationship, but it's the same thing. You can reach out to us there. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really hope today's topic, the medication can help you guys out there. 
and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.